we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, it's great to be starting off the week with you and uh, kind of back to normal kind of yeah. a thing. I don't know. Just I, I almost wanted to say <laughs> back to work, but we have been working. Right. Just in a different location, right? Yeah, and so it kind of felt a little bit different, but but we were still we were still broadcasting, and it was exciting. It was fun. Yeah. Um, we are, I wouldn't say fresh. We pushed it in one day um, to give <laughs> coming back, <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> coming back. It worked. Thirteen hours. Listen, <laughs> parents who have larger families, all I have to do is tell you: eight people in a vehicle, thirteen hours. Yes. If you drove it straight, yes. Because whenever you right, when, whenever you like um, watch me date myself when I say this, this is not what we did, but I'm going to say something and only a few people will understand. When you map quest it, um, it says <laughs> <laughs> it says 13 hours and then you get all excited or depressed, depending on, you know, the way you see the world. But then, you know, you have to realize that that doesn't include the stops oh, yeah, you're gonna make for stops. all of the bladders. Right. And when I say all of the bladders, Some of I mean, which he, are stronger than others. Right. <laughs> I, I, I'm including the eight month old in that. <laughs> yes. We had a we had a running joke. We <laughs> <laughs> you guys have been listening to our program for a very, very long time. And so you're pretty familiar with the makeup of our family. We call it Aaron the Addisons because we are just, you know, we are believers and living out our faith. We talk about that on the radio. We interview people. Um, all of it's a part of what we do. So you guys are very familiar with our family, which is why. Uh, when we're out and about and we run into you, um, you grab and hug us and we hug you right back because we know each other. Like, I mean, we feel <laughs> like it, you know. Um, but so you know that we have the eight month old, the newest addition um, to to the family. And this was his he's gone as far as six hours before. Yeah. All right. And it you know, it wasn't great. It wasn't horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't horrible. But it wasn't great. Like right. if I could just write. I mean, that's why we love the scriptures, because it tells the truth. Right. So so it wasn't great. And so we we're like, man, you know, how do we remedy this? And we came up with some ideas. And, and, and so it worked. And so this trip actually was way better than mm -hmm. his six hour trek. Yeah, it was. However, however, <laughs> I really believe he was like, I'm not going out like that. <laughs> I, I, I really believe that he thought, oh, you guys think you're coming up with remedies. There is no remedy for what I'm about to put you through. <laughs> so every hour it seemed. Now I could be exaggerating <laughs> this. <laughs> it seemed that way. Okay, thank you, Will. Because listen, all right, your greatness. I don't want to be exaggerating. <laughs> I know you're going to always kind of rein me back in. But it seemed that every hour, you know, to mark the hour, let me say it nicely. He required a diaper change. <laughs> Moms, dads, y'all know what I mean? Required a diaper change. You know, some things... You just, you can, you know, they can build up. You don't have to require, you don't have to change it immediately. You guys, right? You with me? Okay. Yes. Every hour. Right. And you're like, wait, dude, what are you doing? And he's just like, we're all on this trip, aren't we? 
Everybody shows up, everybody. And so what he wanted to do was center his needs. He wanted to make sure that everybody. And so we, (laughs) guys, come get in the vehicle with us just for a second. I just want people to be able to experience (laughs) this. So we've got the two older kids who happen to be girls sitting on either side of the the youngest, the eight month old. Mm -hmm. And one um, uh, garnered a new nickname for herself. I'm going to tell you, because of what her specific, her specific job on this 13 hour as the crow flies trip, her specific job. I'm going to tell you what her nickname was, and then you can just decide what, oh my what her job was. So we called, we called her Pookan Sam. <laughs> Because her nose was put to a specific use on this trip. <laughs> the question often oh, was, boy. guys, is that, do you guys, <laughs> Mariah, we need, <laughs> can you let, let us, us know? Let us what's know. What's going on back there? And she was so gracious. Man, I love kids. She was so gracious, <laughs> the 14 year old. Yes. She'd simply <laughs> turn over and give us a yay or nay, you know, and let us know if this is, we're going to have to pull over. Like, you know, anyway, it was a great time. It was well worth the drive and the confusion. Um, (laughs) And the eight month old just showed up. I just want everybody to know that, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not going to look over him because he's young or small in stature. Okay. He was there. He was present and um, making demands in his own way. (laughs) All right. So it's great to be back with you. We have a show today that man, I'm, I intend to ask um, a lot of questions and I intend to do a lot of listening because there is a moment and some have described it. And in fact, um, I think one of the candidates who are who is running for SBC uh, president, Mm -hmm. um, Mike Stone, Pastor Mike Stone, described the moment that the SBC, the Southern Baptist Convention is having. um, He described it as a watershed moment. And so I'm very intrigued by what's going on with Southern Baptist. I will tell you in the interest of full disclosure, I am not Southern Baptist. Um, but the Southern Baptist denomination is the second largest Christian denomination in the United States. Yeah. And so what happens with the Southern Baptist Convention and by extension, what happens with the churches that are affiliated with the SBC have far and wide implications mm. in this country mm. and in the body of Christ at large. And so I think it's important for all of us to pay attention, which is why, which is why a couple years ago we talked about um, whether or not, you know, there could be room for the use of critical race theory um, as an analytical tool, which was presented at the Southern Baptist Convention, I want to say 2019. Um, Again, some of us listening, maybe many of us listening, are not Southern Baptist. Mm-hmm. But this is an important conversation because as we watch all of these kinds of conversations play out, they have a huge implication on the body of Christ. And why? Because these kinds of conversations, people who are in positions of leadership, what these people who are in positions of leadership will ultimately do with Scripture, okay, these are big questions, uh, these things have huge implications on how the churches begin to shape around the country. So in other words, we will all encounter the effects of what happens right now. It's going on right now um, in Nashville. I want to say, is it Nashville? 
Yes, I believe. Yep, in Nashville. I believe so, yep. Yes, yep, in Nashville. Yep, yep. So Nashville it started Tennessee. yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, June 13th, and we'll run into the 16th. That's right. Where this is, again, has been described as a watershed moment. And so we have a guest who is going to join us in the second segment of the show. Yeah. And uh, we respect our guest who is coming up, and yeah. we're going to ask him questions about what's going on with the Southern Baptist Convention. Again, I read um, Russell Moore's letter. Yeah. Um, it was a lengthy letter. Uh, I, I read his his letter um, kind of outlining what he perceives as going on in the Southern Baptist Convention and the reason, in part, for his departure. And I also watched the video from Pastor Mike Stone, where he responded in part to this leaked letter, uh, commenting on the timeliness of the leaked letter and mm-hmm. uh, what ultimately appears to be the intent. And again, and, and I will tell you, I don't want to so much get into the weeds of that, but I have one big overarching question that hopefully all of us, in some ways, if you've been paying attention to the different cultural moments that we're navigating, Okay, because we are navigating some cultural moments, aren't we? Yeah. So if you've been paying attention to that, then I think the biggest question that we all should have is um, what's at stake for the Southern Baptist Convention? Like what's at stake for the body of Christ? Like what is uh, to say it simply, uh, maybe common everyday vernacular, you know, what's on the table Mm. here? Because even as as I was looking into this and, and preparing for the show, you know, there is the conservative Baptist network yeah. within the Southern Baptist Convention. Yeah. And so, you know, it's almost sort of like you've come back to this point, back to this moment where the fight is over the direction of the faithful. And it, it's, okay? a, it's amazing, too, because even even uh, like Mike Stone and uh, Pastor yes. Brand and... Um, Javier Chavez. Yes. They are said to be nominated as the conservative slate of the convention. That's, wow. that's, that's pretty telling. It's very <laughs> you know? telling. Like, well, huh? it, you know, and, 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 and so then the question then becomes, right. The question then becomes, what is it telling? What is it? What is it? What is it <laughs> yeah. saying about where we are? Yeah. What's on the line? What's on the table? How do believers, believers, whether you're Southern Baptist or not, Um, how do believers need to pray? Look, we had the same kind of, uh, I think the same kinds of conversations when we were talking about the United Methodist Mm. and what was going on with the United Methodist. We're not United Methodist, but we're talking about the body of Christ, right? Right. We're talking about members of the body of Christ and, and the direction that, that these specific groups will go and what the implications will be of the directions that they go. Because it's easy to tune out denominations because yes. it, oh, I'm not a part of that. You say but, oh, that, that's not mine. Right. But when you look at, like you're saying, the body of Christ and how and what's happening, how it can affect, you know, beyond the walls of this, these denominations. Yeah. It's like, man, it, it, it really is a big deal. It absolutely is. And, and what, you know, one of the scriptures that um, has kind of been in my head and my heart since we were talking about it with our kids at our local fellowship, um, we're talking about discernment and mm. being able to know right from wrong. And our teaching pastor, who also happens to host a program on this <laughs> network, Abraham Hamilton III, mm-hmm. um, often quotes, I want to say it's Charles Spurgeon. Yeah. Am I right? Yep. And he says, um, oh, I'm going to butcher the quote. And he's been quoting <laughs> it so much I should be able to perfectly say it. But he says, um, 
discernment is, is not knowing right from wrong. Mm-hmm. Discernment is knowing right from almost right. Yeah, I think and you got boy, it. I mean, think did I get it? Okay, I think so. Think about how true that is, right? And and so often when we think of discernment, I've said this before. When we think of discernment, we think of just like feelings and checks. Mm-hmm. Like we, we're like, I got to check in my spirit, and then we call that discernment. Or you say, oh, I just had a thought that I shouldn't. Or my personal favorite, something told me. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, we kind of characterize all of these things as discernment. But the word of God actually teaches us, among other things, what discernment actually is. And discernment is not a feeling that is just sort of out there that you um, can't really uh, qualify or quantify. Mm-hmm. Maybe quantify is not the right word, but it's not, you know, it's not a, it's not a feeling that's just sort of out there mm-hmm. that you just sort of get, you know, the wind blows and you're like, oh, I shouldn't go to Walmart today. You know what I mean? Like that's how we think of discernment. The Bible actually teaches us what discernment is. And even in the moment that we're in right now, we're talking about the Southern Baptist convention Mm -hmm. and what's on the horizon, whether you're Southern Baptist or not, Christians need to increase their discernment. And the question Mm -hmm. is, well then how does that happen? It's not that you focus, focus on the feeling, focus, focus on the feeling. It's that you go to the word of God in, in Hebrews chapter five in Hebrews chapter five. And I'm going to start at verse 12 in the interest of time. Cause I see the break is careening towards us. Hebrews chapter five, verse 12 for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again, the mm-hmm. basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. Since he is a child verse 14. And this is what I wanted to focus on. But solid food is for the mature, Mm -hmm. for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Wait a minute. So it appears that the Hebrew writer is saying that discernment comes from feasting on the word of God. It seems that the Hebrew writer is saying that you will know right from wrong or, as Spurgeon put it, right from almost right by feasting on the word of God, training yourself on the word of God to know the truth so that when error presents itself, you can resist. So it's not just like, yeah, you know, I didn't feel right about that either. No, it is the word of God says this. Mm. Therefore, that is wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Th- that over there does not pass the biblical test. Just like on our trip. You know, there were some things that didn't pass the smell test. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so let our discernment be strengthened that when things that present themselves to us as almost right or kind of okay or like I feel like it's... No, no, no. Those things should not pass the smell test when we are trained in the Word of God. We got to rightly handle it. Hopefully you'll stick around for this conversation today. I'm looking forward to it. Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We'll take a break and be right back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We really do appreciate you listening and um, joining us on a regular basis just as we navigate culture and what's happening and filter that through a biblical lens. 
keeping mm-hmm. a close eye on what's happening in the culture and how it affects the church, how it yes. affects the body of Christ. We do that unapologetically. Um, we're, we're watching and we're asking questions. And today's show is just in line with that. It's, it's just what we do. Um, we're looking at the Southern Baptist Convention and we're asking the question, in which direction shall it go? Um, that's the question. If, yeah. if, if the convention, which is going on right now, is um, having a watershed moment, mm-hmm. then that can't be ignored because the implications of that moment um, reach all of us. You know, we're, we're all affected by what happens when you have an organization that is the second largest, second largest Christian denomination in the United States uh, deciding on its leadership. <laughs> and that's going to trickle down to the churches yeah. or or it will splinter churches or whatever. I mean, there, yeah. there are all sorts of implications it, that surround it, what's happening right now. And it, it's crazy because the sense that I get, and like you said, we're, we're not Southern Baptists, but, you know, have friends that are, you know, the, yes, the sense that I get that that's on, on the ground, the people for the most part are not, you know, with what's going on, it seems. But there's a lot that's happening in leadership, you know, that's uh, kind of promoting things that are, are not right. Mm-hmm. And it is, you know, being handed down, you know, but the people, it seemed like there's a different feel there. You yeah. Know? So it's pretty interesting. It is interesting. And joining us to help us make sense of it and to hopefully answer as many of us of our questions as he can um, is Dr. Lee Brand, who serves as vice president and dean of the seminary at Mid-America Baptist Theological Seminary in Memphis, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a Ph.D. in practical theology from Mid-America. And um, he is uh, the candidate for the first vice presidency of the Southern Baptist Convention. Yeah. Um, and I believe that vote comes up tomorrow. I'm, I'm going to ask several questions. Um, we know Dr. Brand personally. We've met him. I say we know him, not like we grew up together, but <laughs> right. we've met him on a number of occasions. And we have a great deal of respect for him. Yeah. And um, anyway, Dr. Brand, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you all for having me. G- glad to be here. So um, I appreciate you taking the time out, you know, with everything that's going on to join us and to talk about, um, among other things, the conservative ticket in the Southern Baptist Convention. (laughs) And it's just so interesting that we have to kind of distinguish that. Before we do that, though, I would like for you to, if you can, Dr. Brand, give us sort of like a bird's eye view, just kind of like um, survey the landscape for us. And tell some of our listeners, maybe those who are not Southern Baptist, um, who have kind of heard of some things, they, they know something's going on. Give us a quick overview of what is going on within the Southern Baptist denomination. And I know it's hard to do this in a nutshell, but if you can. Well, I think what we see going on is, um, in many ways, a lot of what we see, I guess, in the culture. But I think we're in the middle of a bit of an identity crisis. Are we going to be people, you know, governed? Uh, solely by scripture by the word of God are we going to take in some of these cultural tools like critical race theory mm-hmm. and intersectionality and in the words I guess of those who would support that you allow that to help us make sense of the world around us and so you've got uh, I think a very uh, clear line is uh, between those camps and as you mm-hmm. said there's a what I guess we're using some some vernacular from the world uh, a more conservative group that says we don't need that and that's definitely part of what I'm from and then you've got another uh, cross section that says yes let's make good use of those tools and so mm. that's uh, that's kind of the two big groups and so from there we're uh, having a family meeting in Nashville to determine <laughs> which way we're going yeah Amen. I like the way you put that that's so important 
for us to remember that we are talking about the family of God. Like, yeah. because I think sometimes <laughs> we can get lost in this conversation and begin to look at people sort of like on my side, not on my side, not realizing that we are members of one body. And right. so because of that, it is it is exactly as you say, Dr. Brand, it's a it's a family meeting. Help us understand um, how you even begin to identify the people who may have a different take on how the Southern Baptist uh, denomination continues on. Are there questions that people are answering that kind of will let you know where people stand? Is it a position? Is it, you know, Facebook posts that get shared? I don't know. I mean, how do we know where people fall on these issues? Is the line, is it clearly drawn? I think that if we would employ scripture, I think it's pretty clear. I mean, the Bible says from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think what we have to do there is also take what people are saying and then use the context around what they're saying to see if we mean the same thing. Like uh, one of the big, I guess, catchphrases we're hearing here in Nashville, and it's been going on for some time, is something like the sufficiency of scripture. Well, mm-hmm. everybody at this convention is saying that, but we don't all mean the same thing when we say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so really digging in and saying, okay, what do you mean by that when you say sufficiency? Because there's a group that would say the Bible's sufficient, but we're going to use the analytical tool of critical race theory intersectionality. Well, the way I parse that's a little different. The Bible's sufficient. The Bible sets my worldview. And so I say it's like the glasses I put on. And if my glasses are sufficient, I don't need the contacts of critical race theory because my glasses are sufficient. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so let's let's stay there for just a second because I know, and, and Dr. Brand, whatever I ask you, if you feel like, you know, you don't feel comfortable speaking to that or commenting on that. That's totally fine. You know me. It won't hurt my feelings. I can handle it. But I do want to ask these questions because I do think that there are questions that our listening audience as well would have on the topic that we're exploring. Um, when you look at sort I think of. might have dropped out. Do we, do we lose Dr. Brand? I think so. Okay. 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 Well, we'll, we'll get him back. Let me set up where I want to go though, because when you start talking about critical race theory and you start talking about analytical tools and we'll, you know, this, Mm -hmm. uh, whenever you start talking about these things, uh, depending on whether or not you say what is culturally acceptable, um, you will be pegged as being given to partiality. Yeah. Okay. So whether or not you say what the culture has determined to be quote unquote truth, Right. It's the accepted response of the hour. Um, If you don't say that, then you're accused of being. They call it racist. The Bible calls it given to partiality. We'll go with Bible terms. So my question is, when you say even the the question about critical race theory as an analytical tool. Mm -hmm. Right. There are people who would say the fact that that comes up on your radar. They would say that that proves that there are people within the Southern Baptist Convention who are given to partiality. And and in fact, if I read and understood uh, Russell Moore's letter properly, or as he intended it to be understood, it appeared to me that he was accusing certain members of the Southern Baptist Convention of being given to partiality and in fact, ignoring it. Is this something that is a burden or a weight on the heart of Southern Baptist? Okay, I think we might be having a problem here. Okay, so he's not. Oh, okay. Don't you guys want to know the answer to that question? <laughs> I so want to know we, the answer. To we're that trying question. to call him to get him. Okay, all yeah. right. 
Um, no, it's it's fine. I understand because whenever we're doing something where we're not in our normal setting, you're at the mercy of technology. And, and sometimes you take what you can get. My concern is, um, and I'm trying to be very careful because I don't want to do um, like a sensational interview, if you know what I mean. Like, I, right. I you know, right. I think there are a lot of um, what what we might call juicy tidbits where people are just like, oh, man, yeah, ask about this, ask about that. But I do think there is an element to what is being discussed that demands that we kind of drill down because they're buzzwords. And whenever a person is accused of, as the culture commonly calls it, racist, when a person is accused of being a racist or a person is accused of showing partiality, the conversation shuts down, right? Like nobody talks about it after that because you you have this thought that anything I say <laughs> can and will be used against me. So nobody wants to talk about it after right. that. And I think what's so important is that we keep pressing through, that we keep having this conversation. I'm concerned, I you know, and, and hopefully we can explore this with Dr. Brand once we get him on. My concern is that not only did um, Russell Moore sort of, um, and I'm saying sort of because I, I want I want to be careful and not just, you know, make accusations. Yeah. But I read the letter, just like many people, I guess, who read the letter, if you read the letter, um, can gather from what was in Russell Moore's letter, his his departure letter, I guess you could call it, um, and it seemed that he was pointing out some things that are heavy charges against people in leadership yeah. uh, within the Southern Baptist Convention. Among those charges, not only partiality and a great cover-up, but child sexual abuse. Man, it was it was heavy. And a great cover-up. Right. right. Caring about money over people. So, so these things are huge things that I think... When we start having a conversation um, and we're talking about maintaining the integrity of the scriptures and exalting the word of God over the philosophies of men, when a person then comes behind you and says, but that's not what this is about. This is about this cover up. This is about, you know, these types of letters that mm-hmm. we, we've received. Mm-hmm. Um, it's difficult to have that conversation. Do we yeah. have Dr. Bram back with us? Yes. Okay, Dr. Brand, I don't know if you heard all of my questions. <laughs> or, or even. I did not hear all of them. I don't know. I heard most of them. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Let me. No, that's okay. That's okay. I just don't. I don't want to. I, I want to make sure that I get as much information from you as possible. So let me just, in a nutshell, my question was what do you do when we talk about the sufficiency of Scripture? And, and that's the conversation that, that you guys are having um, the conservative versus those who are not within the Southern Baptist Convention. When the accusation is that um, there are people who are given to partiality and the Southern Baptists are covering it up. There are some people with some names that many of our listeners would immediately recognize who have levied this charge. In fact, it appears that Russell Moore did this very thing in his departure letter, said that there's there is, you know, there are right white supremacists who are being, you know, housed within the Southern Baptist Convention. And there are people who are standing against not only Russell Moore, but other people who would who would call this out? How 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 do we respond to that? Well, I'm not saying. First of all, I think there's a way to handle. It. I think you start by doing it in house, and what I mean by that, the Bible is very clear about how we go to our brother, and then there's some steps to follow. Amen. One of the things that I've noticed that is very troubling to me, though, is in uh, I guess publications like uh, the letter from Russell Moore, you will have a uh, a litany of accusations, but uh, case in point, we have we're housing white supremacists 
in the Southern Baptist Convention, but there are no names attached. Yeah. Or you'll have a name and you won't have any evidence. Why is it so difficult to get both of those pieces on the table at the same time so that we can rightly deal with this? Because I believe that there are many people who are within the Southern Baptist Convention who would definitely say, no, 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 if you have a name and you have the evidence, bring all that forward and let's talk about that. Let's work this out scripturally. But I think it's very unfair to set forth these accusations on the, and any entity, uh, in this case the SBC, but then you don't have a name to cite or you'll have this body of evidence with no person or person with no evidence. Mm, yeah. You know, it, I, I was I was reading um, Russell Moore's letter actually on on our, our 13 hour drive. So, you know, I was I was able to just just read it and pause for a second, think about it and then you know continue reading. And it really appeared to me, Dr. Brand, that the information in the letter um was more than here is my reason. Um, it seemed to me that it intended to to bring a huge charge or a series of charges against the Southern Baptist Convention um, at large, and and even down to you know accusing or strongly suggesting that there was a cover up for child sexual abuse. Now that is not that is not we don't like the color of the carpet you chose for the church down in Georgia. Right. I mean, that is serious, is it not? Oh, absolutely. And again, I think we're dealing with a couple of things. There are things that are biblical principles mm-hmm. that have to be dealt with. There's no way around it. But I think the same Bible that is principle tells us this behavior is wrong if that behavior is present or if that behavior is, if we speculate that there's that behavior, if we suspect it, that same Bible gives us a process whereby we are to handle that. And we can't unhitch those two issues. We can't just say, well, we know this is something we have to pursue, and we're going to pursue that, but not in the way that the Bible describes for us mm. to pursue it. And it doesn't matter if that's the child sex abuse uh, allegations or if it's the alleged partiality based on color. Mm. Both of those are egregious in the face right. of Scripture, right. but the same Bible that calls that behavior egregious says, okay, and here's how you handle it. And we Amen. Yeah. take the pieces we want to take and do what we want to do with it. Right, mm. right. You that's know, so good. You know, and we may talk about this more, but I'm I'm just wondering if this whole uh, process goes uh, the way of, let's say, not the conservative ticket. You know, what is the forecast for the SBC and, you know, kind of what what are, what can potentially happen, you know, uh, within this convention? I just I'm just curious to know, because this is a, a big and I won't say denomination, but a big convention, you know. Uh, and a lot is hanging on on this. Uh, what do you see as some of the possible outflows from this particular vote? Well, I mean, I think among the 47,000-plus churches of the SBC, uh, it is, I think, fair to say a watershed moment. And whatever comes out of this convention, I believe the Southern Baptist Convention is going to look different. Hmm. Uh, and that may be that some people say, hey, no matter which direction this goes, this is not the place for me anymore. And I think you may have some of that on either side. And again, I, I guess I'll pull my Joshua card here. I can't say for anybody <laughs> else, but for me and my house, I mean, I know we will still be a part of this convention and still be working to see it be as true to Bible as possible. But I think definitely there's going to be a different look for the Southern Baptist Convention after this meeting, one way or another. 
Mm. All right, we got to grab the break, Dr. Brand. When we come back, I want to focus a little bit more on the Conservative Baptist Network asking questions about how it was formed, what's the aim, the goals and objectives, and then talk about uh, the others that are running for office uh, that would fall into this camp. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and it's Torin Wells. God's not done with you. Our guest is uh, Dr. Lee Brand, mm-hmm. and uh, he is a candidate for the vice presidency, or first vice presidency yes. of the Southern Baptist Convention, uh, currently serving as vice president at Mid-America Baptist Theological Seminary. And we're talking about the future of the Southern Baptist Convention and the Southern Baptist denomination, which, again, I have to remind people because you may be listening and you say, well, I I don't know. I'm not Southern Baptist. But the implications of what happens in the second largest Christian denomination in the United States cannot be overstated. Um, You see this reflected in the churches all across this country um, that and it's just like Dr. Brand said, as we were going to the break, no matter what the outcome is, there will be changes. There will be shifts that will happen. Um, the denomination will be affected. I, wh- one of the things I wanted to do, Dr. Brand, is I, I wanted to kind of go back to the formation of the Conservative Baptist Network. And I wanted to talk about, um, which I, I don't think I, I should ask the question about why it's needed. I think I think people understand why these types of wings, if you will, are needed. Um, but talk about its formation and where it intends to go. And then let's talk about the other candidates on your, do I say ticket? How do I say that? Oh, uh, well, uh, they're my friends and we definitely support each other. We're not a formal ticket because that's not how we structure uh, our elections. But uh, we'll be, I'd be glad to talk about those men uh, as it relates to the formation of the Conservative Baptist Network. Sure. I mean, really just a very grassroots effort. A lot of local people, local pastors, people at the local level, just watching a lot of what we have seen to be the politicking uh, mm-hmm. of our national convention and honestly not feeling like we're being heard, but at the same time not feeling led to retreat or walk away to throw our hands up but say, hey, there's a group of 20 guys here, 30 guys there, 30 guys over here sisters over here who feel the same way and why don't we try to bring ourselves together in a unified front and uh, and see if we can't be hurt mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what's been the response to that like does that has that been helpful to people who have been looking for almost a coalition because I, I think that when you say and I think rightly you know you've got people at the local level who feel like they're not being represented is this is the formation of this type of network? Is it helpful? Has it been a blessing? Oh, I think it's been more than a blessing. I know for myself, it's given me an opportunity to meet like-minded brothers and sisters all over the country. Um, who, I mean, it's refreshing to your soul to see people that will still stand up and say, "No, no, no, the Bible alone is enough for every aspect of our life as Christians. Uh, it gets us right with God in the vertical, 
and it will get us right with each other in the horizontal yeah. uh, if we are applying that word. So it's been very refreshing, and I think we're around 10,000 members in the Conservative Baptist Network at this point. Hmm. Dr. Brand, what has been the effect of uh, celebrity on your denomination? I, I wonder if some of the conversation that we're having right now is not the result of some of the celebrity. Like there are some high profile um, Southern Baptist members, maybe former yeah. Southern Baptist members that have really shaped this national conversation. And like myself, there are people who are not Southern Baptist, but are well aware of what's going on because of the high profile nature of some of the people who have spoken out. Um, do you think that celebrity has, has kind of adversely affected the Southern Baptist convention? And, and to that point, before you answer that, uh, Dr. Brand, uh, I have a question. Are you on Twitter? Uh, I am on a hiatus from all social media. Okay. Currently. Okay. Uh, it, it, my, my spiritual life is just good good because <laughs> you know and we're talking about the celebrity aspect of you know uh, uh of what's going on and you know different pastors have bigger churches and things like that and when you look on social media it's like mm. man and especially if you're on the outside you're yeah. like man some things are really going on and there are pastors who are saying this and other pastors who you know so that whole celebrity mentality like Mickey was talking about how do you think that has played, and maybe even social media, into mm-hmm. this whole thing? Well, um, I think that that has definitely had a role to play in it. I think there are people who get the megaphone because of their platform. Yeah. Yeah. And again, with a great platform comes great responsibility. Right. But I also think that there are scores more of what I would call your average Southern Baptist, yeah. man and woman, who's living for Christ, going to work every day, trying to raise their family, mm. who don't have a t- really don't have time to get caught in what I think has become this echo chamber of these ideas that we kick around in a room. These people have a Bible before them and the Holy Spirit in them, and they're just trying to seek the Lord, and how do I live out my faith every day and treat every person right based on what the Word of God says? And I really believe there are many, many more of those everyday people than you have that celebrity status. But absolutely, they're all the big names who, when they speak, people listen because they bring a crowd with them. The beauty of our denomination, though, is no matter how big your megaphone is, your vote counts as one. That same little old lady who's giving the widow's might at her little small church in the mm. middle of nowhere, when she shows up in Nashville, she's got the same power as the big name guy with the huge church from wherever you at. Mm. Hmm. So when Dr. Brand, when does the vote take place? And also if you can um, give us sort of a, a, a quick bio of the other brothers that are mentioned um, who are running for uh, presidency of the Southern Baptist convention. And then I want to say second vice presidency, I think, can you yes. uh, tell us a little bit about those brothers? Okay, uh, I guess I would feel more comfortable specifically speaking about the men that I'm supporting because I know much more of their bio, not that I'm opposed to any person Mm -hmm. that's running for a position. But for our presidency, I am supporting Pastor Mike Stone from Blackshear, Georgia. Uh, Pastor Stone is a local church pastor who has experience in the inner workings of the convention. And what I mean by that, there is a policy to the way that we're structured. We are from the local church. That's the headquarters of our denomination that feeds into our Southern Baptist Convention. And I don't think there's a person uh, running for the presidency who understands that better than Pastor Mike Stone, who brings that 
ability to work through policy issues and all the things necessary in the president at the same time having the perspective of a local pastor. So Mike Stone is the person that I am supporting, endorsing as president, and then the second vice president, uh, Dr. Uh, Javier Chavez, is running for second vice president. He's also a pastor from Georgia. He was a missionary for years, has a church plant there in Georgia uh, among the Hispanic community. And I love what he says even about some of our ethnic issues. He says the only reason that he has a Hispanic church is because all of his people are not yet proficient in English. He said once we have an English-speaking group in our church, we'll all be one church. We won't even identify as Hispanic anymore. Mm. Mm. Man, that's oh, oh, go ahead, Will. Go ahead. I was going to ask, you know, even in this whole process, how big are um, the seminaries uh, in this whole thing? The influence mm. of like, you know, the, the, the different seminaries. I know there's different ones in the SBC. And if I'm not mistaken, you know, uh, um, L. Moeller was a president of one. So how, how big is the influence of the seminaries in this whole process? Well, I think very much uh, it's very much an issue in the whole of where the SBC is because those larger six seminaries, and in full disclosure, I do not serve at one of the what we call the big six seminaries. Those are seminaries funded by the cooperative program of the Southern Baptist Convention. I don't serve at one of those seminaries, but I do know firsthand of some things that I have personally read, that I have seen, where we have these ideas that are being they're being pumped through uh, these seminaries mm. in the classes. They're being mixed in with the biblical curriculum. And, yes, there's double speak. There are those who say, no, that's not happening. You don't have any proof of that. I mean, anybody who wants to do a basic search on YouTube can see that. And here's mm. where I think you have what I call the trickle-down into the local church. These seminaries are training that generation, that next yeah. generation of pastors and church leaders. So that thinking is coming out of these institutions much like you see in some of our other secular places of education. Mm. What we're seeing come up now in some of our twisted doctrine is the outflow of what we're watching come across the podium and the lecture wow. some of this twisted teaching. Wow. Yeah. 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 You know, it's interesting, Dr. Brand, if we could just go back to something that you said on the other side of the break, and, and I think it was really insightful. And, you know, it, it's, it's almost a little bit chilling to think about like, that no matter what happens, on the other side of this convention in Nashville going on right now, no matter what happens, there will be changes in the Southern Baptist denomination because, you know, and so I, I guess, and I think I'm, I'm a simpleton. Okay. And so I think in just like simple terms, right? So if you have people who say, we want to uphold the authority of scripture, we are saying that we don't have use for what is happening in the culture um, for these, you know, man-made philosophies. We don't have use for those things. And so let's just say for what we're discussing right now, Dr. Brand, you represent those people who are saying the word of God is sufficient and where there are issues, we apply the word of God. I, I personally would be in full agreement with that. Um, there are going to be people that would say, well, if, if you guys are in leadership and they think that they do have use for these other quote unquote, you know, analytical tools, mm -hmm. um, there's going to be great upset in the churches all across this country. Can you help us understand one, what that might look like? And two, how we, as the people of God, the body of Christ, how we ought to pray. Well, and I think first of all, that all things are present, Lord's will to be done, but what does it look like? Um, 
just because I, I say and I believe with all my heart that those answers are in the Scripture and that the application of that scriptural truth to life will give us the proper course in all these things, that doesn't mean, one, that it's easy. It doesn't mean, two, we've always done it. And it doesn't mean it's an overnight process. Mm-hmm. This is heavy lifting. I mean, from the time any person is saved, the rest of their life on earth is about them being led of the Holy Spirit to have their life bent in the shape of Scripture. Mm. So that's a lifelong process. And we're doing the same thing. If you're taking, again, that 30,000-foot level, we're doing the same thing from a convention standpoint. To say the Bible is sufficient doesn't mean that we don't have issues on mm-hmm. the human level. It just means that we have the answers in God's Word, and we have to do the work now of prayer, of proper exegesis, and then proper application of the truth Amen. that we see in Scripture to speak to these things. Are there some issues, ethnic and otherwise, that we ought to address? Absolutely. But we have those principles in the text of Scripture. As it, as it pertains to the Southern Baptist Convention, do you see this as a second conservative resurgence type thing mm-hmm. where the first go around was the inerrancy of scripture and, and all of that and, and, and different things to do with that. But now is this uh, issue, the CRT intersectionality uh, as big as it was, you know, as that was 25 years ago? I think it may be more for a qualified Baptist historian to give you the title of what they call it. I think at this point in my life, it is the biggest issue that I've seen since I have been in any way, shape, or form at a place of potential leadership in the body of Christ as it relates to Baptist life. Mm-hmm. I think that, yes, this is the that sufficiency is the issue of today, as inerrancy was in days past. Mm-hmm. I could make an argument with you or uh, to anybody listening that some of the reasons we're having the debate about sufficiency today is because there are still some looming questions among some people about inerrancy, which mm. feeds into why we're having questions about sufficiency. Wow. Mm, man, that's a, that, wow. that is a great point. Dr. Brand, I just have to say loud on that for a moment, you know, because that, <laughs> that, that, that is an excellent point. And, man, probably unexplored. Like, I, I don't know that we even raised that question um, in, in our exploration of how we've gotten here and are still here, but it is definitely connected. Okay, so final question. Uh, when does the vote take place? Uh, voting sessions start tomorrow morning, and they will be from Tuesday, basically morning to lunch, then lunch to evening, Tuesday and Wednesday on various issues. Presidential and vice presidential elections are slated for the afternoon sessions of tomorrow, but all the voting periods are going to be, I think, of great importance. So anybody uh, who's praying, I would encourage you to pray for the Southern Baptist Convention from this moment. Uh, forward, but especially during our business period, which will be conducted and opened up tomorrow morning. I think around 8 o'clock. I don't have the program guide in front of me, mm-hmm. but from 8 until lunch and then from, a lot, I think, like 2 o'clock until like 6 tomorrow evening and the same uh, schedule basically on Wednesday. Well, um, Will the Great, would mm-hmm. you pray for the Southern Baptist Convention and by extension, Dr. Brand and everybody who's involved with this process? Yes, Lord, I, I pray and I ask you, Father God, for your will to be done. I pray, Father God, for the truth to be uh, spoken, unhindered, Father God, and that uh, people would arise to do uh, what your word says, oh God, that this stuff will be seen clearly, and God, that you would guide this uh, convention, this denomination in the way that you desire for it to go, 
I pray, Father God, that uh, those who are fighting for truth, God, will not get weary in well-doing. I pray, Father God, for their strength and that they will just continue to stand upon the straight edge of Scripture. I pray for uh, Pastor Brand, Dr. Brand, and, and the others uh, who are involved in this process, that you will just continue to undergird them and help them uh, in all that they're doing. God, we thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. We are out of time. We'll continue to watch and pray and then bring you back a report until tomorrow. Lord willing. God bless.